This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. And for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. Mindsetters, welcome back. Just finished up a phenomenal episode with Gary Harper, who is a business systems expert. He is phenomenal at helping business people make their operations just run a lot more smoother, helping getting clear on vision and purpose and all the things that end up going into building the processes and procedures. And so it was really fun getting in and hearing about the way that he thinks about life, about some of the experiences that he dealt with, and most importantly, how you can apply some of this directly in your business. So we're going to jump into that in just a second. But as always, I encourage you guys, if you're just joining us, make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you've been listening to us for a while, I really, really have to ask, please do us this favor. Uh, we do this podcast for you to add value. Go drop us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app so we can help reach more people. It legitimately is the driver behind you know, how we're growing so quickly and why we're a top 200 investing podcast and continuing to move up in the personal development and health space on Apple Podcasts and all of the podcasting apps. And as always, uh, if you guys are loving this, if you find value in this, if you're the kind of person who likes to help other people, please share this with others and tag at Investor Mindset and let us know that this is valuable. We'll be for sure to share and respond to those that we can. You know, we get a lot of these, but we love hearing that it's been valuable for you and help share with some other people so they can get some takeaways too. So, you know, let's jump into this. Got something amazing to share with you. Of course, all of you guys know the Mindset Members Club is live and we have an incredible community of phenomenal real estate investors of varying levels from people who are just getting started to people who have been flipping, wholesaling, multifamily, doing big deals, making big money, who are in this community because they want to really take their life to the whole nother level. You know, majority of our members, the reason that they're joining is because they want to go from point A to point B as quickly as possible. They want to compress decades into days. They want to learn from other people's experience. But most importantly, they want to take action. They want to start applying the things that they're learning on this podcast right here and so many other places where they're learning all this material, but they're not actually putting anything into practice. And the most important part about education is actually applying it. You know, going out and reading a book, but not applying anything in your life is a waste of time. And I straight up encourage you to stop listening to podcasts if you're not ready to actually start acting. You know, that's a challenge. Maybe I'm going to lose some listeners, but what I promise you is I'm going to attract the kind of people who I want to spend more time with, the kind of people who are ready to step up their game and join the Mindset Members Club, but most importantly, the kind of people who are ready to take action. You know, that's what this group is all about. It's about learning with other incredible people, spending time networking in a phenomenal community, building accountability, but most importantly, it's about taking action and applying. And we've set up the curriculum in such a way that people are actually doing the work, right? And it's such a big thing. If you've ever thought, hey, I know what to do, but for some reason I'm not doing it, or I'm making some pretty good money, but I wanna take it to another level, then I encourage you to join us. You know, of course, in the Mindset Members Club, we have an incredible coach, Trevor McGregor, former Tony Robbins Platinum Master Coach, over 25,000 hours of coaching experience, coaching millionaires and billionaires, Fortune 500 CEOs, and some of the top real estate brass you know, in our industry. Of course, you get to spend time with me, real estate investor, entrepreneur, mindset expert. I have 
you know, bought and flipped over 200 houses in the last three years, wholesaled and have built an incredible team. And I'm an absolute expert when it comes to going out and figuring out how to find deals and how to get you to actually start taking action and doing the things that are most important. So regardless of where you're at in your real estate journey, then I encourage you to head over to the investormindset.com slash members and consider joining the Mindset Members Club because we are ready to take action and we are looking for more people who are ready to step it up together. So I look forward to seeing you guys in there. All right, guys, welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I am very excited today. I have Gary Harper in the studio. How are you doing, Gary? Good, man. How are you? I am doing well. Well, I'm excited. I know Gary through some masterminds that I've been in, but Gary is the owner of Sharper Business Solutions, and he spent 16 years as an executive in a Fortune 500 company where he handled the process of evaluating company operation expenses and helped them to build their company to reach new levels of efficiency. You know, he began investing in real estate in 2004 and has taken that expertise in business systems and process management to really help real estate investors build companies that actually run like true businesses, because that's a challenge a lot of us have dealt with. For all the real estate investors that are listening in, I know you can relate to this. So you ready to get into things, Gary? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the introduction. And, uh, you know, it's one of the things I have a passion for is to help somebody put them in control of their business. So it's definitely something I enjoy. And it's something that you're naturally good at or over years you've developed those skills. So, you know, obviously you're really good at doing those kind of things, but why don't we start out by taking a look back earlier in life? So what events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? Well, my dad was in the military for 21 years. And so, you know, being in the military for 21 years as a sergeant, moving as many times as we did, you know, I had to learn to, I had to learn to survive and, and, and also not just survive, but actually succeed through my own my own efforts right like i mean it's easy to get locked into a group of kids and and get into a clique and succeed while other people are helping you it's a little harder when you have to learn like true leadership abilities at a young age of how to network with people how to uh, overcome obstacles how to have the right mindset you know when you can move from a school to a school every six months you got to figure that kind of stuff out so those are the challenges i faced growing up you know and, and not a bad thing, right? Like, I don't look at it as a bad thing. I actually look at it as a, a way to help me to cultivate who I was at a very young age. By the age of 16, I actually moved out on my own and moved into an apartment on my own because and I was just ready. I was a lot more mature mentally than a lot of people are at that age when you're, uh, when you're growing up and moving, you know, consistently and just being forced to kind of mature at a younger age, if you will. I can relate to that a lot, but I want to point something out. Mindsetters, did you guys notice that he talked about the challenges, but they're not actually a bad thing. They're a good thing. They're part of what created him. So let's model that thought in our own lives. You know, I moved quite often, not quite every six months, but about every two years. And it's incredible that experience that you have when you have to go recreate yourself in a new place. You know, it's, it's a different culture every single time. What did you learn from that experience or what skills are you applying now today that when you go into a new place, you're able to quickly build rapport and do some of those things because of, you know, what you did growing up? You know, the mindset that you have to have is a mindset of knowing who you are, you know, being real to yourself, knowing who you are, knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses and having integrity around it because you get, you get called out real quick in a, in a high school or junior high. If you come in and try to pretend to be something you're not, right? 
I mean, you just get labeled as that kid and, you know, somebody that's boastful, somebody that's trying to brag, you get friends. And uh, it's just one of the things I learned pretty quickly. It's just being who you are. Be real to yourself. Know your strengths. Know your weaknesses. And don't focus too much on the weaknesses because, you know, if you do, other kids will explore them. You know, they'll, they'll push them. And so, like, I just focused on my strengths. I, you know, when somebody asked me if I was good at something, if I wasn't, I was like, not really, but this is what I'm, you know, what I'm good at. Sports was a good thing for me. I, I spent a lot of time in sports. And I think going through that and learning the, how to be competitive, how to be competitive in the right way, how to have a team mindset, and, and that kind of thing was really important for me growing up. Really was a catalyst for helping me know a little bit more about myself. But, you know, at a young age, I think learning about who I am, uh, what drives me, what areas of life that I might, you know, have some pitfalls in and only focusing on my strengths, not so much my weaknesses was a big thing for me. I mean, that's such a big thing. I mean, moving out when you're 16, it just says that you're at a level of mental maturity that you're, you know, whatever was going on in your life at that time to be able to jump out. I also moved out when I was pretty young, but jumping out on your own, it's like you have to learn this level of independence to go out and start creating and, and thank goodness that you are because I know you're helping a lot of people. So Tell me a little bit about what you're doing with investors. What is it that, you know, Sharper Solutions does? What, what are you doing, Gary? Well, you know, what we do is come in, we're trying to work on a multiple different avenues within their business. Most, most entrepreneurs don't know how to be a leader. And so one of the things we focus on is leadership, how to be the proper leader of your business. Because everything starts with them, right? Everything, everything rises and falls on leadership. So we've got to have, we've got to know who we are, what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are, and we got to focus on those strengths and we got to focus on true leadership. But about leadership is a mindset of having the right mindset of being willing to let go, right? The willing to empower other people, not thinking it's all about us, that everything is on our shoulders and, and elevating ourselves to our areas of strength, building extensions of ourselves to get other people to work in the areas that we're weak in. And so we, we work on first with leadership. The other thing we work on with entrepreneurs is the vision, help building the right vision getting that vision out of their head and on paper so that they, they know which path they're going and predicting properly so that, you know, they make the right decisions for the business. And what is vision building? It's, it's an educated guess, right? It's an educated guess of where we're going, uh, where the industry is, where I want to be. And ultimately creating a path, a direction that leads us to our intended result, right? People measure success. And I, I think sometimes we measure success in the wrong way. We measure success based on results, what type of results we're getting, how much money did we make, and how many deals did we do, and all those things. And honestly, somebody's level of success is different from one person to the next. Success, in my opinion, and the success that we help our people with, is helping them reach where they intended to go. Mm -hmm. Because I've seen actually a lot of entrepreneurs and, and business owners make a lot of money and get to that level and go, man, this sucks. Like, I'm not happy with where I am. Like, this is just not fun for me, right? And I'm involved in every deal, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, and or I just don't even like what I'm doing. And it's just, you know, I've heard actually entrepreneurs and masterminds get up and go, you know, I, I don't like, I don't like where I am. And what happens? You say, well, what do you mean I don't like where you are? You're, you're doing 200 deals, 300 deals a year, and you're making all this money. You know, why are you depressed? Why are you down? And the fact of the matter is, they intended to be somewhere else in life at that point, and they didn't hit that intention, right? So creating the right vision plan that got them to their intended result. If you can do that, that's where success happens. Success happens when you reach a destination, you're like, man, I intended to be here, and that's exactly where I am. 
I mean, too often as investors and as business owners, we get in and we get sucked into this, you know, drive for growth or drive for more deals or drive for metrics that maybe don't actually get us to our intended outcome. And I know personally, in my experience, you know, zero to 75 deals my first year and we stayed consistent. And then I had a realization where I was like, the business that I've built is great. It's the business that I was modeling to build, but it wasn't actually the business that I wanted to be owning and it wasn't the customer base that I wanted to be serving. And so when you realize that it's like, well, you know, that kind of sucks. Like I just spent all this time, effort and energy and money building something that wasn't quite in alignment with where I really wanted to go long-term. And so it's going through an exercise like this upfront that can really help define that. But even more important, even if you're already on the path, even if you're already down the road, you can redirect so that you make sure, you know, I'm not spending another mile driving down the wrong street. I'm going to turn around and get back on track a little bit faster. Yeah, I love that. And, and if we can do that and we can get to the our intended result or intended outcome, then we really feel a certain level of success. The business owner myself and helping other people, I measure more the momentum of how we're doing than where we are in results, right? Like, are we continuing to grow as a person? Are we continuing to grow as a business? Are we having the right momentum to go in where we are? And if we can do that and we're leading ourselves to our intended result and we reach that, that's where success finds ourselves, right? Every business owner starts a business for one or two reasons, either for money or time, right? So we either want to improve our money situation or we want to improve our time situation where we're spending our time. Or maybe it's a combination of both. Somewhere along that, we get into a journey of measuring two things, progress and purpose. Are we meeting our purpose and are we hitting our progress, right? And sometimes entrepreneurs will flow past progress, right? They really just fly past it. And somewhere along the journey, they forget about the purpose, why they're doing what they're doing. And is it really in line with where we want to go? And when we do that, you know, that's where an unhappiness starts to settle in was when we drive to progress and we forget about purpose or when we just drive the purpose and we're not making the progress. One over the other is a little easier to define. If you're driving to purpose and you're not hitting the progress, you're going to go out of business, right? But if you're having the progress and you're forgetting about purpose, then unhappiness settles in. You can still look successful, but a level of depression comes into play there. So that's the second thing we work with people on. The third thing is process, right? I have a background in Six Sigma. We're looking at your processes, this, at least your core processes, to determine what are the necessary steps in the process, who's responsible for those steps, and, and making sure that we lean those processes out to make sure they're efficient and sustainable. And so if we can have those two things, then from there, we look to create from the process, we, lead, we look to create the procedure. What are the steps to do each one of those steps in the process? And then if we have the process, the procedure, then we create the policy, right? How long should it take to do each one of those steps? And so again, leadership, vision, then process. And then we look at people. We look at the people component of the business. As a predictive index certified partner, one of the things that I have to my tool belt is being able to evaluate people's behavior based on this assessment and tells me, like, are they in the right seat? Are they going to be able to do, at a long term, the job that I want them to do, right? Everybody can sit in a seat for a short period of time. We call that modificating. We modify our behavior to be successful in a seat. But what we really want is we want to make sure that the behavior is sustainable long term. And if the less you modify, the more apt you're going to be able to sustain that behavior for long periods of time and be successful in that seat, right? And so we're looking at 
vision. We're looking at leadership. We're looking at process. We're looking at people. And then we're looking at data. We're actually making sure that we are tracking the right information in the organization that gives us information on growth of the company, right? Did you have something there, Stephen? That's, it's huge. Well, there's so much to unpack there. I can see why it's so valuable to be able to go through this process of really understanding what you're thinking about. But I want to kind of dive in on one of these pieces in particular. I love teaching people how to understand and figure out what their purpose is. And I love the idea of tracking progress. But talk to me, when you're working with a client, what are some of the biggest challenges that people have when figuring out what the purpose is? And how do you go through that process? What tactical can we give to folks right now so that they can improve the clarity of their own purpose so they can make sure that they're actually going in the right direction? Purpose is one of those things that sometimes people find out right away. Or sometimes they struggle for long periods of time to try to figure out the purpose. You know, I, I remember at 35 years old, I came down with a disease called Lyme's disease. And that's kind of what forced me out of corporate America and really went full-time in real estate from it. But as I got sicker and sicker and sicker and started to get to the point where actually the doctor told my wife that I had about six months left to live and wasn't able to turn a corner quite at that time, you know, I got this mortality motivation that started setting, right? And then I started to think like, I don't want this to end. And, but then I had to come to realization and I had to, you know, kind of give an account of what I had done with my time. And I had to like, look at it and go, man, did I, did I reach the purpose of why I was here? Like, did I reach the reason for why I was put on this earth? Did I fulfill my why, my purpose, my cause? Did I even have a passion that I was pursuing? And honestly, at that time, it was a little lonely, man. I had to answer that question. I don't think I could answer yes. Like, I did not know. I was just kind of filling the day with routine and not really driving to a cause, if you will. And so I started reading a lot of books. I read The Intentional Living by John Maxwell, Purpose Driven Life. And then later on, I actually read the book by Simon Sinek, Start With Why. And really good books, by the way. I highly recommend it. For me, Start With Why really got me on the right track mentally, but I still struggle, still struggle to find that purpose. And so Start With Why goes on to talk about, you know, there's how we do what we do, what, what do you do? And then eventually you get to the why you do it, right? And he helps go through a process of discovery of like why you do what you do and in business. And for me, when I'm looking at this more on a personal level, I had to take a step further and add it. You know, he says start with why. I actually start with who I was doing it for, mm -hmm. right? And so I'll tell you today, like one of the things exercises that I do with uh, clients I have is I drive them to figure out who they're doing it for. Like we start a business for one or two reasons. We either start a business to make money or to leave a legacy. And the legacy part of it is like the who. And the money part of it is who's usually me. I mean, listen, everybody goes through three stages in their life. They go through a survival stage, right? They're trying to survive. And the purpose is they're trying to survive, right? The who is them. You know, then we get to a stage in life where we're thriving. And we're like, when we get to that thriving stage, the who might still be us. And it start, might actually at that point start to manifest into really the next stage, which is matter. We want to matter at some point, right? And matter is a legacy play. So the who, like everybody's point, somebody's it goes from the who being you to the who being legacy. And if we can figure that part out, like who are we doing it for? You know, who are you trying to help? You know, who are you, who are you wanting? And I wrote something one time, I'm like, you know, I want, when I pass away one day, I want somebody to walk by my coffin and say, I thank God that man lived his life, right? So the who wasn't me, the who was the other the people I was trying to help. 
and then defining that who, like who is that person. And then from there, usually the why is pretty easy to figure out at that point. If you can figure out the who, the why follows really quickly after. Well, it's so easy to get emotionally connected when you start thinking about real people, when you start thinking about your wife and kids, if you don't have them, when you start thinking about their future, whoever they're going to be, when you start thinking about your family, when you start thinking about helping other people, but you can attach it to a vision of a specific person, even if you're helping a lot of people, but you can attach that, well, by doing this work, I know I'm going to impact at least this one person. And you can see that it ends up creating this emotional drive inside that says, yes, I've got to go do this. And so I think that is such a valuable, valuable strategy that I don't think a lot of people are talking about as much as they really need to. Yeah. And you know, I, I try to align myself with two. When I say who, I'm trying to align with two people, really. One is what I call the temporal who, right? That's your short term. That's kids. That's, you know, moms and dads. That's uh, spouses. And we got to be a little careful aligning with that, although I still do. Because obviously I want to make my kids happy. I want to help my family. I want to help my wife. But you know what, I, what I've seen, and this has been somewhat of a, a thing that I've kept in front of me, is have you ever noticed sometimes a, a mom will raise kids and that's their who in life, right? Their, their whole purpose in life is about those kids. And then they, they grow up and they leave home. And that purpose is gone, right? So when creating my purpose calls passion, it's twofold. It's one, it's a temporal who, like usually parents my wife, my kids. It's also for me, and this doesn't have to be for everybody, but it's God, right? And so I, I want God to be also a part of that, why I do what I do, right? Yeah. Because I want to leave a legacy that one, to help my family and help entrepreneurs, but I also want to leave an impact on this world that affects people for Christ, right? So like the, there's a there's a two-part purpose there. And, and that way, when the kid, my kids are 21 and 19 years old now, they're moving out, right? I mean, if it was just all about them my whole life, I'd feel a little at a loss right now. You know, I'd be like, man, what do I do now? Right. But I want to, my purpose calls passion is that by 2026 is to give $2.6 million to the Lord's work. Right. Yeah. And so that's where that who comes into play. And I don't say that on here just to drive everybody to that who, but you got to figure out what that is. What do you want to live on past you? What do you want, you know, people to say about you? One of the things I do at seniors, and I go to a senior seminar class, for uh, high schoolers and I have them write out their story at 72 years old. I say, you know what, write down where you see, what was this, what is the story you want people to tell about you at 72 years old? Cause in there is that purpose, right? In there is that cause in there is that passion to what's going to drive them right every day. And so if we don't have a purpose calls passion and the tough day comes and you won't get out of bed. When the world wants oh, nothing totally. more but to shut you down and crush your dreams, you just got, you're going to go down into a deep depression and not want to push through that, right? So it's really, really important that we figure out that purpose. Yeah, and I like the idea of spreading it across and having multiple different, you know, the short-term and the long-term, current and the legacy. Really strong idea. And for all those people, if you can connect to God, the universe, if you can connect to spirituality, that can be really strong because, you know, that might connect to how you're going to help many, many more people to go out and do great things in the world. But whatever it is for you, you can figure that out. I think at the end of the day, the most important part is that you're taking the time to be intentional, to think through why it matters. And that, like Gary said, at some point, why you're doing this and what you're working on might shift. 
You know, if the kids are leaving the nest or you're about to finish a project and your goal is about to be finished, you better darn well set a new goal or you better shift that purpose to focus on what is going to be going forward because otherwise you're going to get stuck in that limbo stage where somebody sells their company and they thought this is what it was all for. You get to that place and you're like, well, what's left? And so we definitely want to avoid that. So before we jump into some of our closing questions here, tell me what are some of the biggest challenges that you see some of your clients deal with on the business operation front? And how have you helped them overcome them? That way, some of our listeners can really grab onto that and think, okay, well, I could do that as well. Yeah. I mean, number one is focus. I mean, I could spend like three hours talking about this one, right? Like there's all these little subset of things, not taking ownership, you know, winging it without a vision plan, believing that everything falls on their shoulders. You know, even some clients as, you know, some of the more younger clients have a sense of entitlement. Like it should just happen. They don't know why it's not happening. Why isn't it happening? Grinding, working hard and not leading to success, all these different things. But really a lack of focus is the number one thing. That, I'd say very close to focus is lack of communication, right? And so number one is focus. And as entrepreneurs, it's crazy, but we think that because we're successful at one niche, we, we should be able to be successful at all. But, you know, I go to a doctor and he specializes in one area, right? And honestly, if I go to a heart doctor and he wants to work on my feet, probably not coming back to that doctor, right? Like, it's just, it's just not something that, you know, I'm wanting focused on the thing he's great at. And so as entrepreneurs, we tend to like try to do way too much. We try to overcomplicate things and we create complexity in our business by trying to do too much. And, you know, you got guys that are trying to do fix and flip and they're also trying to do commercial and it's two different niches. Hold it. You know, I got guys that are trying to do single family and they're also trying to do residential assisted living. You know, it's like, come on, we got to figure out one of the two, right? You know, focus, the word focus. I love the word. And most people don't really understand that it's, you know, there's an acronym within the word focus and it's follow one course until successful. And so we just need people to focus, man. I mean, it, and working with people, the way we create focus is through accountability. And so one of the things we do is we create a weekly meeting structure that creates accountability, create accountability with the leader. We create accountability with the integrator or the uh, COO. And then we create a, a ability to flush out the ideas that a visionary has to see whether or not it's something we should pursue or not, right? If it doesn't line up with our purpose, which is what we talked about, and it doesn't fit within our niche, then we shouldn't be doing it. We shouldn't be doing it. And if we do it, that's fine, but we need to get some, we need to start a new business. And that business has to have its own COO, its own integrator that's focused on that niche. And I tell people all the time, I don't care if you have a forest of trees that you're building out there. As long as each one of those trees have its own resources and you're not a resource to every tree. Yeah. Too often we end up sitting down, I'm talking with members of the Mindset Members Club, I'm talking with people who are in our free Facebook group, I'm talking to people at events, coaching clients across the board, and someone says, hey, yeah, I want to flip houses, and I'm going to buy a multifamily, and I'm thinking about doing notes. Stop. Do one thing. What's your one thing going to be? And granted, I have more than one thing, but I really only have two things. And it was after I had success doing the other one thing, after right. I really knew how to do that thing so well. And so when you look at all these successful people who are doing a lot of things out there, mindsetters, you guys got to remember that it took time for them before they started focusing on multiple things, you know, yeah. do one thing really well. Yeah, I have, I have seven companies, right? And they're all branded around Sharper, but 
you know, Sharper Ventures, which is, is a syndication and company that's going to fix and flip businesses. We have Sharper Marketing. We have Sharper Events. We have Sharper Process. We have Sharper Training. We have Sharper Personnel. You know, we have we have a bunch of different businesses. And here's the thing. Whenever I start a business, I hire the integrator or I hire the COO and create focus for that business. And then I let that COO run build that business. And that's how I do it. I've never done it any different than that. And that allows me to stay focused as a visionary. And then it allows my, my people to stay focused in their business. But I don't ever rob a resource from one business and put it in another business. And so you got to be really careful there. If you're going to start different niches, you're going to play in different fields, it's fine. But you got you got that business needs to have its focus. I have a book coming out soon, and it's called uh, Is Your Business Sick? And I talk about that. I talk about are you robbing the resources from one business to help another, right? And if you do that, you're going to end up in, in a really dire, dire straight way. It's just not a good place to be and just creating the right focus in your business. But the second one is communication. And I think for me, communication is a really, really key role. People that don't, you know, and have a business and they're not communicating properly. The left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. You're going to find yourself struggling. It's really hard to run a good business when you're not communicating properly. And you don't have the right channels to communicate. My brother-in-law one asked one time asked me, he says, Gary, if you were an assassinator of businesses, right? If you were going to destroy businesses, if you weren't helping businesses, what would you do? What would be the top things you would do? And I said, I only need one. I, do, I would just kill the lines of communication. You know, my dad was in the military 21 years, talked about that. And I said to my dad, when you went into war, when you went into battle, what was the number one thing that you would do? What's the first thing you would do? You know, he told me, Stephen, he said, we'd take out the lines of communication. If we could take out the lines of communication, we could control the supply lines, and we could win that war in a very easy fashion. Same thing with a business. If you don't have communication, you find yourself like struggling in a really big way. And so opening up those lines, whether it be through process, whether it be the main structure, whether it be through same pages, anything like that, it's really important that we stay on the same page and we communicate clearly with our teams. Such, such good advice, such big ideas here. And as we're kind of getting to the end here, getting to wrapping things up, tell me what are some of your keystone habits, Gary? What are some of the things that you do on a daily or weekly basis that are really the foundation of a powerful life for you? You know, that's a great question. My, my philosophy, simplicity, right? My philosophy is three to thrive, okay? And so a lot of what I do is in this mindset of three to thrive. And so I know, you know, even coaching people, I let them pick up this, you know, seven goals every quarter, right? But I only allow myself to do three, okay? I pick three a quarter. I pick three weekly goals, three daily tasks. And now, listen, it doesn't mean I stop. I don't go in at 8 o'clock in the morning and get three things done, and I leave, and I'm done for the day. I just pick them in threes. So I pick three, and I get them done, and I pick three more. And if I get them done, I pick three more. It's a simplicity mindset. I try to go on three dates a week, right? One with my son, one with my daughter, and one with my wife. Even at an older age, I still do it with them because a lot of what we do now is kind of planning for the future and creating budgets and things like that. And so I, I like that. I, I try to read three books a week, at least listen to them on Audible. I do a lot of flying. I fly three to five times a week. And so I can, depending on the speed of the book, at one and a half on the Audible, I can get through a book in one flight. You know, if I'm flying from Chicago to Phoenix, I'm definitely getting through a book. So I try as much as I can to go through three books a week. Me and my wife kind of compete with that a little bit. Sometimes she really whoops me and other times I, I, I keep up. But she's a much better reader than I am. But reading is a, you know, is a great habit to have. Constantly trying to be a student, right? 
constantly learning. The next thing is I'll tell you is I believe that successful people surround themselves with successful people. You know, you've heard the statement before that the uh, successful people, you know, are the average of the five people they spend the most time with. And so having the right connections, having the right network, having the right people in my life and surrounding myself with them. Those are some of the habits I try to practice every day. And I, I believe wholeheartedly that success comes in your daily walk. You know, here's the thing with success. You don't know that it's coming. It shows up. And it's not your job to seek it. It's your job to be diligent every day, doing the same thing, being routine, and being consistent with what you do, right? And that's when success shows up. It's about having a vision, being intentional about where you're going, but you don't typically don't see success just pop up overnight, right? It's a journey to it, right? And it's, you got to be consistent with those habits. And if you can create the right habits, surround yourself with the right people, and stay focused on the future and where you're going, you'll find success. Mm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And we've made it to the growth rapid fire round where the questions are quick, but the answers don't need to be. So tell us what's a book that's impacted your life the most or one you're excited about right now. Go giver. The go giver. It's my, one of my, just my favorite. It's my life book. It's my favorite book. Is that behind you? That is the book that's oh, up behind me right now. Book. I'm actually good. Oh, I'm God. actually friends with John David Mann and Bob Berg. I can make an introduction for you if you want, Stephen. They're amazing people. I love them. I love the book. I love everything it stands for. There's another one by Patrick Lencioni called Get, Getting Naked. I know it sounds terrible, but same concept. It's about being vulnerable, about giving first. And uh, it's how I do what I do. I mean, even when I help a client, like we don't charge them in full till we're done because I do not believe you have the right to receive payment until you've delivered value. Hmm. Right. So it's just my mindset. I love that book. It's my absolute favorite book. That's beautiful. It's such an incredible book. And there's, it's so interesting as authors, they've written books in so many different niches. They're really absolutely experts at what they do. So yeah. tell me from an inspiration standpoint, what impact have mentors made on your life and how do you look at going out and finding great mentors? You know, I always look at mentors or coaches, even the same thing with me. I always tell people when you hire me, like you need to look at where I am in life. You need to look at who I am as a person. You need to look at like my family life, all that stuff. And you need to ask yourself a question. Would I want to live that person's life? Mm. Like, would I want to be that person? Would I want to be Steven? You know? And if, if your answer is no, then you probably shouldn't be mentored by them because they're going to take you to the point where they are, right? What their journey is, what they've seen. That's all they have to coach you on. Yeah, there's techniques and there's ways to go about doing things. But man, listen, you've got to you got to surround yourself with people where you want to be, okay? And so that's a really important thing for me. People that made impact on my life, you know, I've had obviously my dad, my dad's been my dad and my mom's been great mentors in my life, I feel. But I've been blessed to be put around people, great leadership, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure I seeked after them when I found them, you know? I think sometimes it just it found me. And I, I feel like I've been successful some, some ways in spite of myself. And so now looking back on it and going, well, I sure was blessed to be in the right place. But I think hungry, hungriness, like being hungry, wanting to learn, you know, always wanting to improve. I think it finds its way around other people of like-minded people. Those people are the people that I like to be mentored from. I want to be, I want to be challenged. I want to be, I want to be mentored by someone who's going to push me to be my best, right? And then the last thing I'll say about that is I don't measure myself against other people, though, okay? It's something I just don't do. I know a lot of people measure up against other people and they go to mastermind like, so-and-so's doing that, why am I not doing that? And I think you fail as soon as you start to measure yourself against other people. 
I tell people a lot of times when I'm coaching them, if you're not ashamed of who you were, you were 12 months ago, you've probably done something wrong. And who are we measuring against? We're measuring against ourselves 12 months ago. And so that's all I'm looking at. I'm not really looking to measure myself against others, but I am looking to surround myself with the right people. And the other thing too is I think as coaches, we fail sometimes to look at the people that are immediately around us in our lives and learn from their strengths. Not everybody, but for example, I don't turn to my dad, I don't turn to my brother-in-law, I don't turn to those people and try to mentor or learn everything they are. I try to look at their strengths and learn from those, right? And so I, I once had a very wise man tell me, he says, you know, I'm not, his name was Jack, he says, I'm not Jack. I am, and he started naming all the people that he had learned from. And I, he says, now, was that person weak in this area? Yeah, but I didn't learn that. I learned their strength. And I learned this person's strength, right? And so, like, one of the things I'll say I learned from my dad is his ability to give, you know, his ability to be generous. My dad gave me his shirt off his back, right? Now, there's other areas of my life that I'd say, you know what, my dad, and my dad would say, Gary, don't, look, don't learn from me in that area, you know, but I found other people to learn from in each one of those areas, right? And so, having the right mentor is extremely important to me. That's huge. That's so, that's so good. And finally, in closing, purpose. What drives you to live your best life every day, Gary? What drives me to live my best life is, like I said earlier, it's, it's the ability to want to give and help other people. But ultimately, I don't feel my legacy is about me, right? There's a song that I listen to a lot of times and it says, I don't want to leave a legacy. I don't care if they remember me, only Jesus. And it's a Christian song and it's something I play all the time to humble myself because ultimately at the end of the day, it's not about me. It's not about me. This business isn't about me. The company, people I help, it's not about me. It's about how impact I can make on others. That's what matters, right? What legacy can I leave? What impact can I make? And honestly, that's what I want to strive to. And that's what drives me. It drives me every single day is to see other people succeed and to see other people grow and ultimately to be able to, uh, to leave enough of an impact on this world that carries on for eternity. Mm. Well, that was so much fun. So many good nuggets in here. Thank you so much. Where can people find out more about you or get in touch? Well, our email address is, my email address is gharper at Sharper Process. Our website is the same, sharperprocess.com. We have a lot of different things on there that you can explore and look at. And those are probably the two best ways you can follow us on Facebook at sharperbusinesssolutions.com or just Sharper Business Solutions. And that's on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn, Twitter, and also Instagram. So. Any one of those Wonderful. platforms are good from here. We Thank will you. link all of that in the uh, in the show notes, so it's easy for you guys to get in touch with Gary. And uh, thank you so much for teaching us a little bit. Uh, and I look forward to the next time we get to hang out. Thanks, Stephen. I appreciate it, man. That was a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level. We've got something amazing to share with you. Of course, all of you guys know the Mindset Members Club is live and we have an incredible community of phenomenal real estate investors of varying levels from people who are just getting started to people who have been flipping, wholesaling, multifamily, doing big deals, making big money, who are in this community because they want to really take their life to the whole nother level. 
you know, majority of our members, the reason that they're joining is because they want to go from point A to point B as quickly as possible. They want to compress decades into days. They want to learn from other people's experience. But most importantly, they want to take action. They want to start applying the things that they're learning on this podcast right here and so many other places where they're learning all this material, but they're not actually putting anything into practice. And the most important part about education is actually applying it. You know, going out and reading a book, but not applying anything in your life is a waste of time. And I straight up encourage you to stop listening to podcasts if you're not ready to actually start acting. You know, that's a challenge. Maybe I'm going to lose some listeners, but what I promise you is I'm going to attract the kind of people who I want to spend more time with, the kind of people who are ready to step up their game and join the Mindset Members Club, but most importantly, the kind of people who are ready to take action. You know, that's what this group is all about. It's about learning with other incredible people, spending time networking in a phenomenal community, building accountability, but most importantly, it's about taking action and applying. And we've set up the curriculum in such a way that people are actually doing the work, right? And it's such a big thing. If you've ever thought, hey, I know what to do, but for some reason I'm not doing it, or I'm making some pretty good money, but I wanna take it to another level, then I encourage you to join us. You know, of course, in the Mindset Members Club, we have an incredible coach, Trevor McGregor, former Tony Robbins Platinum Master Coach, over 25,000 hours of coaching experience, coaching millionaires and billionaires, Fortune 500 CEOs, and some of the top real estate brass you know, in our industry. And of course, you get to spend time with me, real estate investor, entrepreneur, mindset expert. I have you know, bought and flipped over 200 houses in the last three years, wholesaled, and have built an incredible team. And I'm an absolute expert when it comes to going out and figuring out how to find deals and how to get you to actually start taking action and doing the things that are most important. So regardless of where you're at in your real estate journey, and I encourage you to head over to the investormindset.com slash members and consider joining the Mindset Members Club because we are ready to take action and we are looking for more people who are ready to step it up together. So I look forward to seeing you guys in there.